Hi, this is co-managing editor Reshmi Basu for DebtWire. Welcome to our latest DebtWired podcast. This episode features the return of Michael Cohengold, President and CEO at Enhanced Capital. In this podcast, we delve into how volatility is impacting private credit and how Enhanced Capital is positioning itself ahead of an expected down cycle. Michael, thank you for joining us. Well, thank you for having me. How is market volatility impacting the investment strategy at Enhanced Capital? I think so far, it isn't affecting our strategy. If, if anything, it, it reconfirms the need for an alternative source of capital like ours to flow where it hasn't traditionally. You know, in, in even the best of times, capital is scarce for businesses and projects in underserved areas or, or those that haven't historically had access to capital. Uh, and a downturn certainly exacerbates that. So it doesn't change our, our strategy. I would say we, we see more opportunities. We do apply a very cautious uh, lens as we filter those opportunities. Uh, that's always the case, but, but certainly even more so in a time like this. Many market participants are baking in an upcoming distressed cycle. Do you think this upcoming downturn will be different from other distressed cycles, given how much dry powder is sitting with private credit? It's a very good question. Um, I mean, I think the starting point that we've all learned is that every downturn seems to be different than previous downturns. And uh, that was certainly true, obviously, with the pandemic that was uh, hopefully a once in a lifetime uh, event and, and certainly the financial crisis before that. Um, I think you're right about uh, there's a lot more dry powder that sits in private credit these days. But one thing that you know we continue to emphasize is that most of that dry powder is focused on the middle market or larger companies and projects. And so again, if you go to the lower middle market where we focus, particularly when you add in you know companies and projects in underserved areas, there's always been a dearth of capital there, and there isn't a ton of dry powder that's focused on those areas. So, you know, the downturn will, uh, again, as I said before, exacerbate some of that, but we also think will provide a lot of opportunity uh, for investment. What does a distress cycle mean for lower middle market investing and for your investment strategy? What are the fundamentals and technicals underpinning impact investing? Yeah, distress cycle uh, can manifest itself in a number of ways. Uh, The one uh, that we've seen across the board is that when there's a significant downturn and banks start booking credit losses, they retrench significantly. And as bank capital (laughs) dries up for projects and for businesses, that creates a real vacuum. We've typically seen that as an opportunity, an opportunity to see more businesses and projects uh, in underserved areas uh, than we have in the past because banks sometimes take on uh, some of those businesses, some of those projects. And and when they retrench, it it creates the opportunity for us. So, So that's kind of a positive. 
A negative is that certainly businesses have weaker balance sheets, and we always underwrite to other forms of credit support as well. And those balance sheets uh, can be weaker or assets uh, that can support our credit uh, can dissipate in value. So we definitely sensitivity test more of the downside on those types of uh, assets or, or guarantors and try to price in uh, a significant downturn. But all of that having been said, um, you know, the core theme still remains true, which is that there's a very high volume of opportunities, both projects and businesses and impact real estate, climate and small businesses that we believe deserve to get financed. And, you know, we'll be financing a, a small portion of them. Um, and, you know, the need far outweighs what, uh, what we or other available sources of capital can meet. So piggybacking on that answer, what have been the biggest drags on climate-focused businesses or other parts of your portfolio, and what have been the positive drivers? Well, maybe taking them in reverse order and starting with the positive. You know, government incentives, and most recently the passage of the Inflation Reduction Act, has been an extremely positive uh, form of support for solar, for wind, storage. EV charging, um, waste to energy projects uh, that's really driving a lot of the capital flows into that space. The government support has created and maintained and created huge momentum, and we don't see any signs that that will dissipate even in a downturn. I'd say the biggest drag has been the on-again, off-again tariff situation that we had over the course of the past year which created a lot of market uncertainty and ended up freezing a lot of potential solar projects. That has largely passed, and the uncertainty of whether or not there were going to be additional government incentives and support has also now been answered with the Inflation Reduction Act. So we see um, you know, tremendous opportunity uh, over the next several years in that space. Enhanced Capital is also focused on real estate. Do you see this as a resilient industry given macro headwinds? Yes, we do. But certainly the rising interest rate environment is having an impact on real estate projects. What I mean by that is that as the overall cost of capital continues to go up, some of these projects just don't pencil out. And so what we've observed is that the impact of interest rates is really actually having more of a, of a direct impact on whether projects continue to move forward or don't than, say, inflation or inflation-caused downturns. Most of what we do in the real estate space is some form of bridge or transitional capital to projects getting complete. And if the other sources of capital uh, aren't available in the capital stack to get that project complete, or if the cost of that capital just no longer makes sense, uh, then that project is likely to be um, put on hold until um, you know until those things change. And so we're we're seeing that unfold in real time. That is less of an impact on our existing portfolio and more just a question of new projects that may or may not get done. Do you expect that private credit will have an impact on healthcare in the coming years? Are you seeing this industry as an opportunity for investment? 
We do. You know, it's interesting because historically we have not done a ton of investing in the healthcare space, but we absolutely see it as an opportunity for investment. First of all, as I said, with climate, the support of the government, particularly to try to create adequate healthcare um, delivered to low-income communities and rural areas, helps ensure that the healthcare sector is going to be robust. It's extremely high impact because you know, what could be more impactful um, than ensuring that uh, residents of underserved areas have access to adequate and quality health care. As with other sectors, the larger deals have always had capital available and are are often you know snapped up in competitive auction you know type processes. But the smaller projects uh, or companies or those that are located uh, in out of the way underserved areas oftentimes go unfunded. And we're seeing more and more of those opportunities, particularly, for example, delivering health care uh, to residents of rural communities. So, yes, we do expect to be doing uh, more and more in that area and think that private credit, uh, particularly down market, can play a meaningful role. So where will private credit find a home in a recessionary environment? Are there particular industries that will need help given the public markets are pretty much shut down? Well, in many ways, I think the private credit can benefit from a recessionary environment. Deals that would have previously gotten done as growth equity deals at an attractive valuation or even some type of M&A transaction including, you know, as you said, accessing the public markets, those are all going to be delayed while multiples continue to suffer. And yet companies are still going to need to grow. They're still going to need capital infusions. And they're going to take in private credit uh, as an alternative while they wait for valuations and multiples to come back to where, you know, they find the equity markets uh, to be attractive. So we believe it should be an interesting opportunity for private credit, also in a a more risk-averse environment. Private credit can be an attractive alternative to equity, just given where it sits uh, in the capital stack. And we think that can be true across the board. Now, in a recessionary environment, our expectation is that uh, those private lenders that have focused on consumer-facing businesses Uh, are likely to retrench. That has never been an area of focus for us. So I don't think that will impact our um, investment strategy, but that's the one area that I would expect that uh, some private lenders may become, you know, a little bit more skittish. So Michael, how would you describe the 2022 investment environment for impact investing? Does volatility and rising interest rates create more opportunities? Well, we think that the 2022 investment environment for impact investing remains really robust. First of all, there's just more of an understanding of what impact investing is. And when we look at our three sectors, small businesses uh, located in underserved areas or owned or led by women or people of color, impact real estate, so community revitalization projects or brownfield remediation projects, and then climate finance, those are really robust areas that have been strong in 2022. And we believe for some of the reasons we've discussed, 
will remain strong through 2023, even in an economic downturn. The reality is that other sources of capital tend to get skittish, as I mentioned, tend to dry up starting uh, with banks, but that doesn't always reflect the number of opportunities that are still out there that historically haven't had great access to capital, and now will have even less uh, access to capital. And when we find those opportunities, we frequently are rewarded for looking in underserved areas or or uh, underserved projects, and, and we think you know that will be you know consistent throughout this downturn. That's also been consistent with what has happened historically for us. So while we certainly don't root for a downturn and hope that any downturn is as uh, painless as possible and short in duration as possible, is if history is any guide. Uh, it's actually provided more opportunity for us uh, than it has been a detriment. Will a distress cycle be a test for climate investing? How has this alternative asset class fared in prior downturns? Well, I think it will be an interesting test. And while climate finance is a broad category, you know, certainly existed in past downturns, certainly the pandemic, but even back to the financial crisis, it it wasn't as broad based and as you know powerful a sector as it is today so it it will be an interesting test as i mentioned before our expectation is that climate finance will remain a very strong sector even through a downturn one because it has the government support in the form of tax credits and other incentives that make these attractive transactions and two the way that many of the climate finance projects are structured, an economic downturn should not impact them significantly. I'd say the one area where uh, there could be more of an impact would be on businesses that are focused primarily on climate finance um, as they need other sources of capital and uh, you know particularly as, as they grow um, and as I mentioned before may not want to raise equity at the sorts of valuations that uh, might be out there in the market today but other than that we think it's going to remain a, a very robust space and, and hopefully a really bright light even through uh, what otherwise might be a, a pretty bleak downturn. And how is enhanced capital positioning itself for the remainder of the year? Well, not to sound trite, but we're going to keep doing what we've been doing for 20 plus years. Uh, We're going to be looking for businesses and projects where we can make impactful loans uh, that in spite of their lack of access to capital, meet our risk adjusted return objectives. And we're going to be a very active private lender um, over the course of the remainder of this year and beyond. Um, So as I said before, we we certainly would prefer to avoid a downturn of any sort. But if one comes, we believe that that will only provide more opportunities for us and we will be active regardless. Michael, thank you so much for sharing your outlook with us. Well, thank you for having me. That was Michael Korengold from Enhanced Capital Partners. Thank you for listening to this episode of Debt Wired. Don't forget to like us and catch us on our next podcast.